Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of Bootstrap Web. Brian, it's 95 degrees in Portland again. How are you? Doing good, man. We are, we're, we're back here. And uh, so you just got back from vacation yesterday. I went on a vacation like two, two or three weeks ago. Yes, we, we left the house on June 30th. And today is July 30th. And we got back, we got back last night. So I am in complete chaos. This podcast is going to be a mess. <laughs> I'm, I'm in that mode where everything is overwhelming. I just got back to my desk for the first time. I messed up my uh, calendar link. So I had calls on East Coast time today. So I've been doing calls at 7, 7.30, 8, 8.30. I got to go pick up the dog. The, nothing's unpacked. That's, that's where I am right now. That's where, you, that's where you got me. This is like your summer vacation that you always do, right? Michigan, right? We... Yes, it's just that this year, because my family hasn't seen my kids in almost two years, that we, we tacked on a big trip to New York as well. So we did Michigan for two weeks, then we stopped by Chicago to see some friends there from college, and then we went to New York, where we stayed out in the Hamptons at my, my brother's place. Luckily, we were able to avoid the city entirely, and then we took a little quick one-day trip up to your neck of the woods in Westport in Connecticut to see friends there. Oh, dude, yeah, there. you're close by. We were close by. We stopped by Ridgefield real quick, which is actually getting pretty close to you. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. And we had a great time. We got all the cousins together. And whoa. One of the biggest issues for me this, this time was there's something happened with my back. So I, I sleep with a CPAP machine because I have sleep apnea. And that means you have to sleep on your back. And I can't sleep on my back on a soft bed. And so I end up going on my side and I like r- messed up my shoulder and inflamed it. So I had, I had crazy issues throughout the entire thing. I'm so happy to be back in my own bed. I mean, th- this is my life. I like just pain. Like I wake up to pain head to toe. Like that's oh, no. just, you know, back, joints, shoulders, neck, like all of it. The last couple of years, the, the, the age starts to kick in on, on that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't generally. So it was a pretty new experience. And I just started playing lacrosse again, I think we talked about. So I'm playing very physical sport and getting hit, which kind of feels very odd, but good at the same time. But man, this one thing, I, it was excruciating. I couldn't do anything with my right shoulder. Fortunately, I just signed up for this service called One Medical. And it's like a pseudo concierge type doctor thing. It's not expensive. It's actually great. It's like 150 bucks for the year. It's awesome. And it saved me because I was able to FaceTime with a doctor while in Michigan and like get, it wasn't even prescription. It was just like, hey, buddy, don't take one Advil. Take four Advil three times a day because you're inflamed. And that like solved the whole issue. So you know how I do Big Snow, Tiny Comp, one in Vermont, one in Colorado. The Colorado crew, we're doing that trip coming up in September instead, because we, we skipped last winter and everything. We're going to do like biking and, and hiking and stuff in, in Colorado. You know, starting from like two months away, Brett Palumbo and in, in, in the group started a, a Strava group for us. So it, it made like a, so, so a bunch of us are in there with our, with our local, like whatever we're doing, biking, mountain biking, running, walking, and trying to like log a bunch of miles to hit this goal before we, before we show up to Colorado. So it's like this competition thing. There's like a leaderboard and you know, I'm having fun with it and there's some competition. So I'm trying to push myself and man, I really like messed up my, my knees and my back from like, you know, trying to like double up on the miles I usually do on the bike. Not, not used to it, but it's, uh, and those guys like Brecht and, 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 and Harry and Ted, I mean, they, 
they're, they're out there like on a Tuesday doing like 20 miles, like four hours a day. I'm like, I got to work. I could fit in maybe five miles in the morning. Like that, that's all I got right now. You know? Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Good, man. Well now we're, we're back at it. I'm very happy to be back and focused on work. I thanked my team for dealing with me and the disruption. It was a bit too long, but I wanted to be able to do it. So, yeah. All right. So what are we, uh, what, what, what are we coming home to from, from these vacations here? Uh, what, what do we got on the plate? On, on the, business? the big thing, the big thing on my plate is hiring. One of the VCs that came into our seed round, um, he and I have this great relationship. And from the beginning, we, we talked about the relationship between founder and VC and the, the, the version of it that we wanted to have. And where we ended up was, was him as cheerleader, but also a little skeptical and a little bit of devil's advocate. And what we do is we have this, uh, we have this cadence where I send out investor update in the first few days of the month. And then a few days later, he and I have a standing meeting to basically talk about how things are going. That was the most impactful conversation I had uh, in the entire month that I was away. So I sent out investor update at the beginning of July. And a few days later, he and I had a conversation. And he pushed back on some of my thinking around growth and hiring and spending. And it really helped solidify in my head that I, I, was, I was being too conservative in that spectrum between being fully bootstrapped and looking at the money in the bank and saying, I'm going to get profitable on whatever we have in the bank right now to what, you know, wild spending, don't care about revenue, ignore it, just look for the next round. In, in that like arc, I have moved off of the bootstrap, but I haven't moved quite far enough. I need to keep pushing myself in that direction. And this relates specifically to like hiring. He's saying grow the team faster. Yes. And it made me think of, of this conversation that we're going to have now because before the venture track version of things, I would see a lot of companies talking about growth and they were really talking about headcount. Like, like we're growing as in we're, you know, adding people to the team. And I would look at that and I'd say, well, you're, you're growing expenses. Like how is that growth? Right? If you're growing your team from 20 to 40 people, you just significantly grew your expense base. And I don't see that as growth. I look at revenue as growth. That makes profitability further away. Yes. And so this experience over the past few weeks helped me understand for the first time the growth as headcount as an acceptable growth metric. And, and the reason for that is if you're not shooting for profitability and you're shooting for milestones – then let's think about it. Let's, let's work backwards on the milestone. Let's just say, for example, you want to raise a Series A in 12 months. Well, when you have those conversations in 9, 10 months because you want to raise money in 12 months, where do you want to be? What do you want your metrics to look like? Where do you want revenue to look like? Where, what kind of momentum do you want to bring into those conversations? And then you start working backwards. And when I did that for our situation, I just wasn't being nearly as aggressive enough. I, I have... I have too much runway and I was setting us up for a situation where those conversations for that next milestone, that next raise, I was taking a chance. I was leaving it too much to probability to, to, to chance that we would hit those metrics if things go just right. Whereas people, activity in different areas can have such an enormous impact 
even if it's not efficient, it still can grow the momentum and to get those metrics toward the next round and toward the next fundraising, those conversations that I start to realize, what, what am I doing here? What, why am I sitting on all this runway when really the runway isn't toward profitability, the runway is to the next milestone. And so I like really took that in for a few days and looked at our plans. And I just said to myself, I, I am not being nearly aggressive enough. On top of that, Hiring a year ago was much easier than it is now, and really, what it we you need to step up significant of the market. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Everyone's raising more money than ever. There are more options than ever. Every a lot of things are remote. It's really, really hard to find talented people and to convince them to leave their job for something new. That's engineering. That's marketing. That's content. That's whatever. Everything, and so. We are still pushing on hiring, but we are relooking not just at the funnel, like we talked about last time, but I think we're going to hire a full-time recruiter because this is, this is the thing. You know, when I said, when I said to JP, this, this VC, I, he asked me what the plan was. And I said, well, we're at 14 people now, we're, you know, in the next few months, we'll probably get to like 25. And he was like, got to tell you, I don't think that's aggressive enough. If, if you told me 40, I wouldn't have blinked. And that's, you know, that's not a few off. That's an order of magnitude off. Yeah, it's a completely different line of, of thinking. What I try to understand about that is, okay, if, if, if profitability is not the goal on this path, which, which makes sense, right? What are the metrics that you're looking at over the next 12 months or 18 months? By, by growing the team to 40 to 50 to 60 people over the next year, what what are the milestones? Like, is it product? Like, like we, we've shipped X, Y, and Z in the product before the end of the year, or or we're able to do a, a big public launch by Q1, or or like I guess you're you're looking more at like progress lags rather than like revenue or profitability. Right. So I would say there's a micro view and a macro view. And the micro view is X number of millions of dollars in GMV monthly that we're processing what results from that is revenue and merchant growth and number of integrations, right? That's the micro view. But the macro view is really proving to the capital markets that we can compete in this market. Our main direct competitor, Bolt, six months ago raised $200 million Series C, and today is in the market looking to raise another $333 million at a $4 billion valuation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So what we really have to do, if we want to command capital from the market and say, you should invest your dollars here, we have to be able to point to that and say, we can compete with them. Here's how, here's why, here's what we've been able to accomplish on X number of little single digit millions of dollars. And which is why we want to ask you for another 20, 30, 40, 50, hundred million dollars, because there's this giant market to go after. And we are proving ourselves able to capture a piece of that market with our unique product. This is one of those things where... I, I get it conceptually in 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 the in the VC path, like like throw throw money at it, grow the headcount very quickly. But when I try to translate it at all to to my world here, so I just like hired like two people on on the marketing side, and I have my one developer, him and me, shipping product every day. Like I've been thinking about this a lot. Like what if I just hired a second or third developer, or or what if I grew my tech my my product team to six people instead of just the two of us. We would go faster on some things, but we would not go six times faster. 
I think in a, a lot of it would actually go slower, even because the process of hiring, um, the process of, of ramping them up, and and then, but even then, once they are ramped up, let's say we get through a two month slog of ramping up a bunch of new people, it's still a whole new man product management. Yeah, complexity. Yeah. Like right now, the product management is me and him, and we ship fast. And so, and and I know that this wouldn't be it forever. And then I think about like these huge teams. You think about Stripe, who's hiring fifty engineers a, a week, and it's like, how does that even like literally? What are all those heads actually working on day to day? I, I really struggle to understand that. Like, who? What projects are they given? What under whose direction? Who's deciding their priority of of what to work on? To me, like, yeah, it's super, super, super uh, powerful, a lot of firepower, but I don't see how it actually moves faster. And and I think in a lot of ways, it, to me, it looks like that probably lo- moves a lot slower just because of the sheer size of it all. I don't know. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it, absolutely. And and I, like you, don't have that experience at a large software company to really understand what the hell all those people are doing. But it is a very big difference between a you know two or three thousand person company and a 10, 20, 50, 100 person company. I'm with you conceptually, okay, be more aggressive, cool. But practically, like, all right, what does it actually mean? I am hundred percent with you that throwing more people in engineering does not equal speed. It does not equal quality, it doesn't equal anything. It's just it's just a different approach, a different way to do it. And you might need it, you might not, and so on. So for us, that might mean like integration teams and growing the QA team and yeah, that like type of thing. Yeah, it's good in that like, you can get a lot of specialists, like a front-end specialist. Yes, a, a yes. Specialist. infrastructure. Like, yep, that's yeah. right. And, and our, our product requires that. So we have those teams early on. We have front-end, back-end, QA, product, DevOps, all that stuff. But really where the muscle of pure money just spend is on the front. That's on marketing, biz dev, sales, advertising, content. If we are where we are right now, and if I was doing the sales and that's it, then just just multiply the things. Look at the things that you dismiss that you won't do because you simply don't have the time to do. Right. So for us, practically speaking, it's okay. We're building an integration with a platform called Swell. Great. Swell has a number of agencies that work with them. We should know every one of those agencies, show them a demo of our product, send them our materials, and stay in touch with them every few weeks. And I'm just not going to do that. Who's doing and all then, that? Right. Exactly right. And then when those leads start to come in, yes, that person can do the demos for now, but what if that increases more? Right. Then you look at content. Then you look at advertising. You look at all this stuff. So I think that's where it becomes really easy. And that's actually great, right? The whole point of a software company is to build one thing and then be able to sell it over and over and over and over and over and over again. So right now we we are like 90% on the engineering and product side. And it makes sense that we need to even that up and then surpass it on the marketing and sales front. That's when we get to, right now we're building the thing that we can sell over and over. Now we got to go spend money to actually sell it over and over again. It's like not building the engine anymore. You're, you're like building the, the, the ship. Yes, the, 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 right, the, ocean the, the conveyor belt or whatever you want to call it to like, yes. Very cool, man. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're looking for a full-time recruiter and we just hired the first biz dev person. So this is the first person other than myself. You said you're at 14 right now, people? 14, number 15 just signed and he'll be starting uh, in August. What's the breakdown between 
so engineers, uh, marketing people, and other. Okay, I'm going to do this off the top of my head. I might get the numbers a little bit wrong. It's just myself and the chief of staff on the call it offense and business side. And then it's two product people and then all everyone else engineered. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's all engineering and product. It's, it's all that exactly right. And so we're starting, we're, we're just about there on the product to be able to start bringing people in. And so it feels like we're already behind on the hiring because you know, it, it's okay. If, if those people came on board three months ago, it kind of would have been a waste because they didn't really have anything to sell. So the timing is working out more or less, but it, it feels very much like everything's behind and we need to hurry and we need to figure out how to hire people and find them. And that's just going to require a lot more work on the recruiting front. Very cool. Very cool, man. Yeah. All right. How about you? Uh, yeah. Over here, I have a lot on my plate <laughs> this month. Um, the, the stuff I'll, I'll talk about is, Mostly, you know, the, the product on zip message has been real, you know, the growth keeps going. It, it now has more customers than process kit has like by, by a whole bunch, which is kind of crazy because literally seven months ago I was, I was writing first line of code on zip message <laughs> and it's technically still invite only. My goal actually for today or this weekend is to get it, open it up on, on the homepage to anybody can sign up for a trial. So, you know, I wanted to get that done to, by August 1st so that I could have the, the, the full month of August as like a, a, a metrics baseline of this is how many natural trials we get and we need to work on marketing to grow that number, right? Because we get a, a bunch of trials just from the invites that I send every week. We're, we're wrapping that up now and now we're going to open it up. The last several weeks, you know, a, a bit while I was gone with my developer and then the last two or three weeks, we've been shipping features like crazy. So we, we just shipped automatic transcriptions so now when you uh when you record a message in zip message two minutes later it'll be a transcription of what you said oh is that is that an, an api integration api integration yep we're, we're using uh we're using a service and and it, it works pretty well it's pretty cool message templates we we might have talked about this a few weeks back so like you can you can record a, it's, it's kind of like canned responses you can have a message yeah i saw i saw that on, on twitter i don't think we talked about it though um, yeah, so that's in there now. Uh, and then like a lot of little things, like we, we added the ability to pause and resume your recording. Um, we've been improving reliability across the board, but, but also the, the mobile recording experience is much better now. So little things like that, you know, it, we, we improved a lot of bugs, but also like when the user's browser, they, if they deny permission or whatever, we, we have a better handling for that and, and, and you know, um, gets them right back on the good path and stuff like that. And is a lot of this stuff uh, request driven or is it still a combination of what you want on the roadmap and fitting things in as people request? Yeah, I think so like the message templates and transcriptions were, were two very popular requests. Um, but I also prioritized those because those are big features that I could go talk about. I could I could promote them heavily. Like look at this new thing you can do with zip message, you know? Yep, that's right. There are a lot of little things inside the app that have, that have been pushed back because it's it's just improvements to UX, but it's not big marketable features. I'm, I'm still leaning towards the, the bigger, splashier features right now, but, but that's sort of the next phase. Like, so right now, from a product standpoint, it's still a constant battle of figuring out where the most high leverage thing to build next is. Today, we're starting work on a, on a browser extension so that you can install it and, and get easier, more frequent access to, to record things in zip message just trying to promote 
usage of, of the thing because it, it has a viral component to it too. The other thing that I've been working on is onboarding and just cleaning up the, the brand new user experience when they land in the app for the first time. Uh, I'm going to add a couple of like video guides to get them set up, trying to clean up that experience, especially once I open up the, the trial signups, you know, because it's still the default of what I had from the very beginning, which is basically nothing. You're, you're dropped in, you, you figure it out. Most, most people have been figuring it out because it's a pretty simple product, but there's little things like, you know, I, I just want to try to fill any gaps that, that where trialers might fall off. So that's, that's what's happened on, on the product side. And then, you know, I've got some other updates on, on like the hired a media creator and, and that kind of stuff that start the ball rolling on that too. Can you talk about, you said you hired two people? Yeah. What, yeah. what, what are those roles? One uh, I've started working with, the other will begin in August. So I think I talked about it earlier, uh, you know, investing in brand, investing in, in media creation, hired a, a guy out of the UK, James McKinvin. And, uh, and so he, he's really great. He, he's got his own business podcast um, called, called Indie Bites, which I found very impressive. And so he and I have started working on a podcast from, from this new company We've gone back and forth over the last couple of weeks about different ideas for shows, and we thought about doing multiple shows, but now we're focusing in on just doing the, what I think is the most important one. So it's a new show. We're still a few, several weeks away from publishing it, but it's a new kind of podcast. We're calling it Shipped, and it's all about, and it's going to have guests on it. Um, we're going to focus on one thing that you've shipped. So you know, if you recently launched a product or, or launched a feature or recently hired a key person or launched a new marketing campaign, we want to invite you on to take us through why, why that thing happened, how you built it, how you shipped it, the results. Tell us, tell us that story, right? The spin is that we're recording this podcast asynchronously using ZipMessage. Okay, cool. So we're, so we're going to send we're, the way that we're, and we're still working out the logistics on this, but the idea is we're going to send you our first question over zip message. You respond back. We go back and forth asynchronously over a couple of days. We'll do our interview that way with you. Maybe eight questions back and forth. And then we've got a good conversation on a zip message page. We'll share that out with your audience, with our audience. Ask the audience to submit their follow-up questions on this topic. That's, that's a solid content in itself. We're going to share that out. It, it exposes zip message, all, all that. Then we're going to take it back, export out all the recordings. James and I are going to really produce it into like a high quality podcast episode that we'll release like a few months later. So that's, that's the idea. So, so we have a list of, of people that we, you know, we have a, a 12 episode season that we're trying to, to, to map out and, and produce and start releasing hopefully later this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. That's, uh, I like the concept. Yeah. So that, that's the first hire. That's the first hire. the The other guy is is uh, what I'm calling like a technical marketer. He'll he'll begin in August, so he's going to just help help to execute on the little things, the the product marketing things, uh, mainly focused on audience targeting and testing messaging, testing campaigns. We'll run some pay per click tests. We'll run targeted landing pages, targeted use cases following the analytics week to week, running, you know, again, like running tests and reporting back. I'm involved in both sides of that. I'm, I'm, I'm in that podcast with James. I'll be working directly with the marketer on, on uh, 
giving feedback and and helping to run these tests, but he'll be like executing a lot of that work of of analyzing the the funnels, analyzing the the, the results, running the pay per click campaigns and stuff. Like I'm giving my input there with him, but my main work is is the product and talking to customers and converting them, working on onboarding and stuff like that. So that's that's like the the crew that I see over the. Uh, so it's really the four of us, right? It's media creator, technical marketer, developer myself. That's that's the four people working on zip message for the foreseeable future. I, I would say, you know, maybe sometime in the next year we'll, we'll add another developer, but I, I think that's going to take us through the, the net, like the rest of the year at least. And uh, yeah, you might end up hiring where it hurts over time. Yeah. See how much support, support you need. I don't know what you your know, support, support load is like. Interestingly, it, this is where it's very different from, from what process kit was like. Um, because as the customer base grew on process kit, support became a pretty big burden. I, I still do the, the support and, and I've built things into that product that, Im, that improved that, that like reduced the support burden. But with zip message, we don't even have that much like knowledge based documentation or anything like that yet. I'm not getting inundated with support requests. I, I get a lot of like feature requests and I get a lot of I, less so now, but in the last few months, I had a lot of like bug reports and stuff, but we've, we've fixed a lot of those. So support is not the pain point right now. I could see development actually being the next bottleneck um, because there are things like, you know, like, like my developer and I both push on new features, um, but then he gets distracted with having to fix these small bugs or, or smooth this thing out or this customer just reported that. Let's make, you know, so that, that takes a half a day or a day of him to, to go fix. So it'd be good to get a, uh, another guy probably from the same team over there in India to just be like our bug fixer guy so that me and him can just push on features, you know? So I have a question that's maybe related to who to hire next. When you look at each of these, whether it's the technical marketing or the content marketing or just the business overall, do you run that through a spreadsheet? Do you, do you set specific expectations around month one of this effort, month two, month three and, I, I need to get better at that, but I, I have started using Matt Wensing's tool called Summit. It's, it's, it's really impressive if you haven't seen it. it as, as he describes it, it's, uh, it's a whiteboard that can do math. And it, it's really pretty slick. He, he's pivoted a few times and, and the, the current thing is ba it's basically a spreadsheet and then you have a visual like builder of like, we've got this cost, this cost, this revenue source, this revenue source, and it sort of flows in. And you can dynamically, like if it grows at 5% per month, then it's going to map out to this and that. And you can, you could all, what I like about it too, is you could delay, like if I'm planned to hire in December, I could put that into the plan and it calculates the runway based off of that. So I like that. I'm, I'm starting to use that to visualize the, the plan in terms of like deciding to hire or not. It's still really early that like, these are just needs that I know have to happen. So you know, it's not like a decision of like, oh, should we hire the marketer? Right. Not? Like, will, it, will it be worth it? You're just saying it has to happen. It, it has to happen. Like, I, I can't just not work on marketing. And I'm also at a point now where I, I understand my strength and weakness much clearer now than I did a, a couple, in the last few years. And that's basically, I really am much stronger on the product. And we move much faster when it's me and the developer working on the product day to day. And I, and I also like to talk to customers and just be that 
person, but the there's a lot of technical marketing work that I, I have just never had as my strength. So that's why I'm hiring that person to like, just make sure that we are ex- executing on that. I'm, I'm not the type of person that should just hire it and delegate it completely and not ever touch it again. I'm going to be collaborating, but the execution he's going to be doing. Um, and the same thing with the media creator, James. I mean, you know, I, I, again, as I talked about, like, like media and content has just been the way, the thing that has worked for me my whole career. So I want to continue investing in that. But I'm also at a point now where it's not about my personal brand. I just want my company to be investing in that. Um, I am going to be in the podcast and on it, but I'm not going to create it. You know, yes. I'm, I'm just giving my input. That's, a, That's it. That's a good, good distinction. I like how you said that. You know, I want to keep doing it, but I want my company to do it. <laughs> not, not necessarily you do everything and create it. And yeah, I have to give credit to the card hook team. You know, I obviously still follow on on Twitter and everything, and I'm aware of things. Uh, but I have some space, so I don't know what they're doing day to day. But their product marketing is is now doing what I kind of always wanted to do, and they're doing such a good job. They have a new agency and a new marketer on the team, and it's this constant drumbeat of like positive, interesting stuff that just shows off. The product shows off the feature, shows off this new thing, why you would want to do it, how it's useful. It's visual. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, I I hope we can do the same thing at Rally. You kind of need to, if you want people to visualize themselves using your product, you kind of have to show them what it's like to use the product. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's actually the next thing. One thing I did, by the way, is I started collecting testimonials from ZipMessage users. Uh, so I have a whole bunch of them now. And, and there's a bunch of tweets out there. People, uh, you know, basically tweet testimonials about ZipMessage. So I've got, a, I've got a list of them saved. I just have not put them up on the website anywhere yet. So that, that's another thing on my, on my to-do list is like update the site and get, get actual social proof on there. And I, I'd like to also, what, you know, I'm also now at a point where I need to do another round of customer research because I did a lot early on. And then we built a lot on the product and just onboarded a lot of users. But I feel like in the last month or two, especially now that we've shipped a lot of features and there's a whole bunch we haven't done yet, I need to, I need to get a clearer roadmap on what's the most important thing for us to build next. I know that we have a lot of users who are using it a lot. I'm not extremely clear on the most common use cases. I have a sense, but I, but I want to talk directly to them. So, so that's another thing on my list for like next week is to, is to look at like the, like the 10 or 15 most active accounts on zip message and maybe send them a zip message and say like, Hey, like, how are you using it? What's, what's the most common need or, or common way you're already using it today. So I can find 50 more people just like you, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of the conversation we had a few months ago where you were debating how, how wide to position it versus very vertical and what you said was, I'm going to keep it wide. And as I learn more, then we'll start to build out those pages for, for customer service and for, you know, team interactions. And it sounds like this is, this is now a step in that process to understand how it's being used and then start to maybe not narrow down, but at least highlight. Yeah. It's also been interesting for me to, to see, again, I, I need to do more learning on this, but I'm noticing that 
zip messages being used in ways that I did not expect it to be used from the very beginning. Like at the very beginning, it was, it was really customer support. That was the first use case that I thought about. And we do get people signing up to use it in a customer support context, but the more common thing is conversations. That's, that's why async conversations became the, the big focus was zip message. And where are those conversations happening? It's with remote teams, but it's also with remote, it's, it's also with teams talking externally to, to clients and they have a lot of back and forth with the same client over zip message without having a Zoom call. And there's also like internally to, to communities or internally like between like investor and, and founder and having those conversations asynchronously. So there's these like colleague, if you will, conversations, but they're not necessarily two people in the same company. There's a lot of that sort of thing. Oh, and, and hiring. So like those two guys, the, the media creator and the technical marketer, I had a brief Zoom call with them. And then we had a deep zip message conversation follow-up like over a week with 20 more questions. And the thing that, the thing that I keep trying to message out that, I'm, that I absolutely love is that zip message conversations are better than Zoom calls. Like, like yes, it replaces a Zoom call. Like yes, you, you don't have to pack your calendar. Yes, it's better for time zones. Great, but that's not even the best benefit. To me, the best benefit is it, you're literally having a higher, a more valuable conversation because it, think about it. If you're if you're in a live Zoom call with like a client or with a sales prospect or something like that, every back and forth you have to you have to blurt out your response. You have to say whatever's on your mind. In the moment, you don't want to have awkward silence. But if you have, if you're in async, you have space to consider your response. You could think, you could, you could think it over. You could sleep on it. Get back in the morning. You could, and then you can, you can prepare the best response. You can, you can edit it. You can re-record it before you post it, right? So that means if you're in a conversation with someone, they're contributing their the best that they have to offer. So, so you're moving the ball forward. Right. The time pressure is in there allows for more thoughtfulness, more thoughtfulness and, you know, and more attentiveness too. If you're with like a team meeting, instead of having team members are just sort of zoning out and, and listening for their name to be mentioned now, like they're actually contributing something meaningful because it's their turn to, to post something, you know? Yeah. So this, I, like, it's very, and so like there are all places in, in this like remote ecosystem that that stuff comes into play. And, and I, and so I, I got, I, I just need to learn more about where, most of that action is happening, you know? It's cool. I mean, we're, we talk a lot at the business level, but the concepts you're talking about there, are they're just interesting on their own. Just around communication and distributed, right, this, this hive mind that we're trying to all achieve globally and what, what it does for that, it just feel like, it feels like it moves the ball forward in that whole effort. I think the idea of a company and a team is becoming fuzzier because people are, are, are hiring contractors or hiring agencies all the time in place of hiring full-time employees, right? I mean, you know, like, like early on with Rally, like you, instead of hiring a full-time designer, you outsourced the design, right? To, some, to, to an agency? Yeah, yeah, the UI. It just, it just happens everywhere. And it's amazing that these 
these tools that enable it that like we're, we're not even close to done building all those tools. The other, the, another funny experience sort of, sort of related to this. I was, um, I was, I was hanging out with, with some family like two weeks ago and my brother-in-law is, is an architect in New York city. Uh, you know, works on like big hotels and buildings in New York city. So like super technical professional, you know, we were talking about how, how he's been remote throughout this whole time during COVID. And I was asking about like, what kind of tools do, do you and your, and, and your company work with? Like, like, do you guys use something like, like, do you guys use Notion? Do you guys use Basecamp? Do you guys use GitHub for checking in uh, work? Right. He's never heard of these tools. I, I, was, about to, I was about to say, never you heard know? of and this, And this is a younger, younger guy, te- technical, but these are tools that we, we think everybody knows about them. The world does not know about all these different tools, you know, you know, like, like things that are every day for us, whether it's notion, even Slack, believe it or not, like, you know, zoom, almost everyone in the world now knows about, right. Because of education, right. Yeah. It, it became but, part of our lives, but, but zoom was new to most of the world, like a year ago, you right. know, education and work. That's right. Yeah, I, I do a lot of introduction of technology because my wife is the president of the PTA and they have so many needs and they don't know about the tools. Yeah, there, there's always going to be niche tools, but the, the the tools that we think are massive, they're not even that big yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just just starting, which is why those some of the kooky valuations can potentially make sense if you look at a long enough time frame. Um, yeah, we have this biz dev hire, uh, Sam, that's starting in a few weeks. It happens to be that he's in Europe for the first three months. And he's had this plan for a long time and he's going out with a friend and doing, you know, one month in each, in three different cities. And I refuse to be the type of company that looks at that and says, well, we don't want to hire you because we can't, we don't know what to do for those first three months. Like, no, we, I demand that we figure it out. And if you think about those conversations and, and, you know, Sam is going to be my direct report because it's going to be on the, the biz dev front and yeah. And, and a tool like zip message, just, it's very interesting, man. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Boy, you got anything else? That, that's about all I got right now. No, that's it. Besides that, I'm just going to try to tame the chaos with lists. That's my plan. Big lists, one thing at a time, go pick up the dog, get my life back in order, mm-hmm. make it through this heat wave you know, catch up on email. All right, man. Back to work. That's, that's it. That's it. All right. We're back to it. We're, we're back on it. Great to be back. All right. Ryan, take, awesome. take it easy. See you.